You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Dear saints, what does it mean that Jesus has ascended into heaven? That even though Jesus is alive, we cannot see him. We think to ourselves, it's better right now. If I were able to see Jesus with my eyes, if I could grab my friends and my family, the people that I love, and and that I could bring them to Jesus so that they could see with their eyes and with the proof of their eyes, uh, they, they would come to believe that Jesus is their Lord and their King and their God, just as I believe. And so we're tempted to think that we're at a loss when Jesus ascends into heaven, that somehow things aren't quite as joyous and as wonderful as they once were when Jesus walked among his disciples for 40 days. But I want you to remember this story, the story of what happened Easter morning. Mary Magdalene was weeping because she did not see Jesus where he should have been, dead inside the tomb. But Jesus came to her. He showed himself alive to her. And what did Mary do? Of course, she she leapt upon Jesus. She grabbed him. She clung to him. And then Jesus says this. He says, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Now, that seems like a very strange thing to say. It's not that Jesus says, you must never cling to me, but rather, I have not yet ascended to the Father. It's as if Jesus desires Mary's embrace. He really does. But only after he ascends into heaven. Jesus tells Mary to carry a message to his brothers, to his disciples. He doesn't merely say, it's done, I'm alive again. The story's finished. Instead, what he says is, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. So again, Jesus points to and he proclaims his ascension as if it's the most important thing yet to come. It is the most important thing. At the morning of the resurrection, the exaltation of our Lord had begun. The humiliation, the suffering, had come to an end. But at the same time, his exaltation, his glorification, it wasn't wasn't done yet. It wasn't complete. Today is when the exaltation is perfected. When our Lord bearing our human nature, our human flesh, even the flesh that was crucified and took away the sin of the whole world, enters into the full use of his divine authority. Of all the things that you could possibly say about God and that belong to God, Jesus takes all of this up into heaven 
even such that now we can speak about Jesus' flesh and his humanity in a new and and an incredible way. What does Jesus do with his authority? The scriptures say everything is in subjection under his feet. Jesus ascends to reign as a king. He reigns, not merely as a God-king, but a God-man who is king, as our brother, who has ended the guilt of our sin, who has vanquished death by his life, and who has and who is even now destroying the works of the devil. Jesus ascends to reign among us, who are the battered and the troubled sheep of his flock. He reigns among us with his word. His word he puts into the mouths of his apostles. He puts it into the mouths of his prophets and teachers and pastors, ministers. And through it, he comforts us. He comforts us with the certainty and the assurance outside of the bounds of doubt that, yes, even your sin and your death and the devil that is plaguing you, all of these things are being put under your feet. St. Paul writes that God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with Jesus in the heavenly places. Now is the time to embrace Jesus. Now is the time to grab a hold of him. And we do it, dear saints, of course, by faith. This is not less than grasping Jesus with our hands. It's not less than seeing him with our eyes. It's better. It's more. Because it is faith that saves us. It is faith that saves us from our sins. From the death that's staring us in the eye. And the devil that is always accusing us. By faith in his word, you and I are seated with Jesus, and we reign. All of our enemies, everything that afflicts our bodies and our souls and our minds in this, in this life, they may make us hurt, but they cannot touch us. Because our brother has ascended and is at his father's right hand. Our salvation is enthroned. And by faith in this word, in this salvation that rings in the courts of heaven, our consciences find their rest. They find peace and salvation with God. Now, Pastor Wolfmuller has made a kind of list or compendium of the ascension. 
uh, he wrote down this sort of catalog of all of the doctrines that stand upon this central doctrine of the ascension of Jesus. The funny thing is, when you actually look at the list, you think to yourself, well, this could encompass everything and anything that belongs to the gospel. (laughs) It's right. Everything and anything that belongs to the gospel that you have today does belong to you because Jesus is ascended and at the right hand of God. The first thing we should think is not that Jesus has flown up into the sky to locate himself somewhere in a, a part of or some corner of the universe, right? Rather, the right hand of God means that Jesus is in the full use of divine power and authority. Jesus never says, Behold, I am leaving you alone, and I am going away. Though he says, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is the incarnate Son of God. He is very first, what we confess in the creed, true God. There was never a time when Jesus was not, or rather, the Son of God was not. In that sense, he's always been at the Father's right hand. But for our sakes, and for our salvation, to set us free from our sins, the Scriptures say that Jesus humbled himself. He took on the form of a servant. He became obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. St. Paul says that when we think about the ascension of Jesus, we cannot do it. We can never do it without first confessing this incredible mystery, that God has become man, that he has descended to be among us, to be born of a woman, A woman. (laughs) Just like you have a mom, Jesus has a mom. Jesus descended into these lower places, into this earth, so that he could take your sins away from you. So that by his humiliation, that is, by his setting aside the full use of his divine power that he has had from the, very, from the very beginnings of eternity even before that. He set that use aside so that he could do the unthinkable, that God might suffer, that God might even die for you. No human death can atone for sin. That's what St. Paul says in his epistle to the Hebrews. That day after day after day, the priest would render sacrifice and service in the temple. But they did not take away sins. These were but shadows of the true high priest who does what no man can do. He, he is both the priest and the sacrifice. He offers himself up on the altar, upon the cross, 
and he takes away the sin of the world. Jesus sets aside his glory to do that for you. Jesus' humiliation has an end. It does not continue forever. It ends when Jesus even descends into hell to proclaim victory. The devil would trap you in the guilt that you have from your sins. He wants you to believe this false sermon that God hates you, that he is angry with you, that there is no possible way when you take stock of your life in light of the commandments that you can have peace with God. But Jesus, Jesus goes down into hell and says, look, devil, this false sermon you have been preaching, it's over. I've overthrown it. Now look, I am taking the fruits of my death and the fruits of my humiliation into heaven. And when I come into heaven, your accusing voice will never be heard there again. Jesus ascends so that our salvation might not just be a nice thought, but that our salvation would be a reality even before the eternal throne of God. St. John says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Forever, Jesus will bear upon his hands and his feet, even in his exaltation, even in his glory, the marks that won your salvation. When he ascends, he brings that into heaven. The devil is thrown down, but he's thrown down here to earth, where you and I contend with him. The devil is right now underneath Jesus' feet. How are we to contend with him? You know, uh, Pastor Wolfbuehler was talking about this in his Revelation class on Sunday, how the devil has been thrown down by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the martyrs. But the devil is down here upon the earth with all this rage and anger and violence. He knows he's defeated. He, he, he knows that he is done. And yet, he is snapping and howling and screaming that false sermon at the top of his lungs. How are we to escape it? How are we to hold the devil at bay so that we don't fall prey to his accusations? Listen to the sermon that Jesus preaches as he ascends into heaven. He says to his apostles, Go! to the ends of the earth, proclaiming the gospel. He says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go therefore and baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Jesus says, you are my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. It's good for us to remember in this moment that Jesus is the Word of God. Where His Word is preached, there He is. He's not just here among us in some sort of, I don't know, mysterious divine way, but even according to His humanity, as our, bro- as our brother in the flesh, Think about that for a second. As Jesus puts his words and his gospel into the mouth and into the mouth of your pastor or into the mouths of the of the other pastors of this world, and as that word is preached and proclaimed and it goes forth and it strikes your ear, there Jesus is with you. As your brother in human flesh, who is exalted to the right hand of God's power and authority. And so when he says, you are forgiven, it bears the full weight and authority and power of God himself. When he says, I have died for you, Here is my body. Here is my blood. Eat it. Drink it. Yes, he is in the bread. He is with the bread. He is under the bread. By his promise, he is there here with us. In his true humanity, as a true man, as our brother, who has died for us, who is raised for us. You and I, who bear this weight of sinful flesh that will always attract the devil as rotten meat probably attracts flies, (laughs) we have this comfort. That our redemption and our salvation and our hope is never found within ourselves. But always in this word where our Savior is found. In his baptism, where he clothes us with the pure and white garments of his righteousness. That even as we struggle under the accusations of the devil, Jesus comes to us in body and blood, and strengthens us. So that the sermon that is preached in heaven at this moment may reign and hold forth and give us peace in our hearts and minds and consciences. Lord Jesus, grant us this faith. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in him. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.